Hey, what's up? My name is Liv, and I decided to start a podcast. I'm 24 years old, and I live in Denver, Colorado, and I like to go on a lot of big adventures. My big goal in 2021 was to go on an adventure every weekend, and I did just that. And what I mean by adventure is... Something super interesting and unique, whether it be skiing, climbing a mountain, going on a super long road trip to a new city that I've never been to, it had to be something that I defined as an adventure. So I think my first episode will be an adventure that I went on when I was in high school, because I think that's a good way to kind of start this podcast and, I don't know, set the tone for what's to come. And then eventually I can share all of my weekend adventures here in Colorado. Um, But yeah, this first episode is going to be called The Portugal Situation. So here's what fucking happened in Portugal. So the year was 2015 and it was the summer between high school and college. And to kind of set the tone for my life in high school, I was pretty sheltered and my parents were extremely strict. So I focused a lot on academics and extracurriculars and I had a social life, but it was very restricted and I didn't really have a lot of freedom to do what I wanted to do. And I got the privilege from my parents since I had gotten into college and, you know, graduated high school that I could go and do a study abroad program in Spain. And I was going to be in Europe for roughly two months by myself Uh, with no supervision and I was incredibly excited and of course I went to Spain and in Spain there's not a lot of rules right so it was kind of the polar opposite of what my high school life had been defined as my entire life so there was a lot of partying a lot of socializing a lot of extremely attractive men (laughs) it was a lot of fun um But yeah, so my parents pretty much had one restriction for me since I was still 17. I was not fully an adult and I wasn't independent financially or anything like that. And they told me you can do essentially whatever you'd like in the study abroad program, like do well in your class, uh, but just don't leave Spain. Like that's all we ask. Just don't leave the border of Spain. And so I was like, oh yeah, no problem. Like that's no problem at all. But here's the deal. In these study abroad programs, these are college students, a lot older than me at the time. I was 17. They were in their 20s in college. And this was like their big study abroad hurrah where they could go and explore a lot of Europe. So they weren't just going to stay around in Sevilla every weekend. These people were going to go on adventures to other cities and other countries. And they were going to go all over the place and yeah so I felt a little bit kind of left out because although there were like many weekends that they stayed in Sevilla and we were kind of this friend group and we we're always hanging out but they would go and plan trips together and go to Paris or go to Milan or whatever and then there was this one weekend where they all planned this trip to go to Lagos, Portugal. And to kind of geographically set this up, um, Sevilla, Spain is like in the southern area of Spain and Portugal borders on Spain. And Lagos, Portugal is southern 
Portugal on the coast. So it's a pretty easy uh, bus ride to get there. It's like only a few hours and they're basically the same country. Like I know it's not, but at the time I was like, you know what? They're the same country. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) So um, yeah, so I bought the bus ticket and I wasn't going to tell my parents, but then I felt really guilty. Uh, So I called my dad and I didn't really give him a choice. I said, I know that you gave me this rule. Here's the deal. I'm going to Portugal and there's nothing you can do to stop me because I already bought the bus ticket and all of my friends are going. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going with my entire program. Don't worry about me. I'll figure it out. And my parents are like, okay, you better not do anything stupid. I think they knew that I was going to go regardless. So they didn't think that anything that they could say would stop me from going. Um, But yeah, I was like, I really want to go to Portugal. So yeah, we went to Portugal and we got there and we're staying in this ridiculously ratchet hostel. And when I say ratchet, I mean like tiny little rooms with like tons of bunk beds all crammed in together like random people traveling from other countries in the same room as us and I like didn't even have a working cell phone like it was just a complete shit show and this was like a huge party town Lagos Portugal like enormous party town So the first night we all go out and we have a really fun time and whatever. And the next day we are going to go to the beach, right? So, so yeah, Saturday, I really wanted to go to the beach. I got up at the crack of freaking dawn, like sun comes up. I have my bikini on. I'm like, let's go to the freaking beach. And these lazy friends of mine (laughs) are hungover and they don't want to go to the beach with me they're like oh we're just gonna hang out here at the hostel and just like chill by the pool and relax a little bit and I'm furious I'm like no we're going to the beach and literally nobody wants to come with me they're all so lazy so I was like you know what I'm just gonna go to to the beach by myself so I did just that I went to the beach I hiked the entire like coastline by myself Um, I got so tan. I like complete sunburn, didn't put sunscreen on. This is like basically the Moroccan desert. Like it's extremely close to the equator. It was like 150 degrees. Like it was so hot. And yeah, so I had this day, whatever. Eventually I met up with them at the beach and you know, they were a little bit lazy and just kind of like lounging around. And I was like, I want to do something. I want to do something cool and interesting. So I convinced them to go on this kayak tour with me and we went out kayaking and basically in Lagos there are these um, beautiful cliffs like on the coast. Um, It's kind of like straight down um, light colored stone rocks Um, and then there are these islands that are kind of right out in the ocean uh, maybe like a hundred yards from the shore. Um, They're like cliff islands with big steep cliffs on all sides and then they're like flat on the top it's really beautiful so we went kayaking around and then we went out again that evening um you know everything was going great like a beautiful trip 
Okay, so then Sunday rolls around. So Sunday's our last day, right? Our bus was going to leave that evening. And we decided to go to the beach together. Finally, people were, you know, rallied up, ready to go to the beach. And we decided to go cliff jumping this day. And it was kind of my idea to go cliff jumping because this is like a big cliff jumping capital of, you know, southern Europe. It's a big place for cliff jumping. There are people jumping off of these enormous island things. They're like these giant standing islands. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, If you just Google, like, Lagos cliff jumping, it can kind of give you an idea of what it looks like. Um, But yeah... So we were at the beach and we're looking out from the shore and there's one of those islands and it's, yeah, 100, 150 yards from the shore, kind of out in the water. And you had to swim out to get there. You couldn't just walk in the water. The water was too deep. Um, So a group of us decided to swim out there and there was already a whole group of tourists sitting up on top of the rock. Um, Later we learned that they were these Australian guys visiting for like a month. They were on this Euro trip, really interesting people. Um, But anyway, so we swam out to the rock as a group and climbed up the edge of the rock uh, to get on top. And eventually we get to the top of the rock and we're lounging there with these Australians. I remember there was this Australian guy, his name was Lewis, and he was the hottest person I had ever seen in my entire life, like ripped beautiful face like carved by the gods super handsome very kind outgoing australian man and he was a lot older than me i think he was like 25 and i was 17 and we were talking whatever he was telling me about australia i didn't really have anything interesting to tell him because i was from like a rural suburb of boston or not rural but you know, just like a boring suburb of Boston, like Massachusetts. And I don't know. I thought he was really cool. And everyone was jumping off the rock and I wanted to impress Lewis. I thought, you know, Lewis is way cooler than me. Let me do something cool to impress Lewis. So instead of just jumping off of this little cliff, like everyone else is doing, I decided to do a running front flip off of the cliff. So I like start in the middle of this rock and I run as fast as I can, launch myself off of the cliff and do a front flip. And I'm used to doing front flips into water. Like I do front flips into water all the time. This was in high school. All the time. It was like my thing. I loved doing it. But I would usually do it from like a lower platform or a lower height. And I don't have like proper front flip form. Like I just like kind of let my hands flail and my arms flail. And that's exactly what I did. I just let my arms do their thing. And when I do a front flip, my arms kind of go out sideways like wings. Um, And it's never really been a problem for me when I hit the water because it's so low. But I (laughs) hit the water with my arms and land in the water and something's not right. And I'm not quite sure what it is. Like, I'm not in pain. I just kind of emerge from the water and I go to do like a breath stroke. And my arm, my left arm, would not move. It was the weirdest sensation, but there was no pain. It was so strange. I was like, what is going on? Like, I can't swim. And so I'm kind of like moving my right arm to stay afloat 
like a little out of it and I look down at my left shoulder and I can literally see like my shoulder blade bone protruding out of my chest and I'm like what the fuck (laughs) like what is going on and then the pain hits and when I say pain I've broken my arm, I've broken my back, I've sprained my ankle, I've had really bad burns. This was like a hundred times more painful than any of those things. It was like, it literally felt like somebody was taking a dull butcher's knife and like stabbing me very slowly in the arm, like excruciating pain. And so my body goes into shock, first of all, because I'm like kind of out of it just did this flip. I'm in the water. By the way, the water in Portugal on the southern coast is freezing cold. So I'm freezing. I can't move my arm. I'm in this excruciating pain. I am trying to swim. I'm like, what is going on? And so one of my friends who was on the rock noticed what was going on, saw my arm. His name was David. Um, He was kind of an interesting guy. He thought I was super annoying. I mean, I probably am, but whatever. So he jumps into the water and like cradles me. He's like, Liv, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, do I look okay, David? <laughs> like, no, I'm not okay. Um, so he's holding me there and everyone on the rock is like freaking out. Like, oh my God, she hit her head. Like, is there a brain injury? Like, What's going on? Um, Meanwhile, I'm screaming like bloody murder. So annoying. <laughs> like a literal bird. Like, ah! Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So, <laughs> I need to like gather myself. This is like. <laughs> okay, so then we had to figure out what to do. So, I kind of gathered myself a little bit, and David was there holding me. He had one arm around me kind of cradling me in the water and then another arm holding on to this rock and it was too deep obviously to touch the ground um so we had to figure out what to do because I was in way too much pain to swim back to shore it was too far of a swim to do in that much pain and I couldn't get up on top of the rock because I couldn't climb up with one arm so we didn't really know what to do and everyone on the rock started waving at the beach like maybe somebody's gonna come save me from the beach like we really didn't know what to do also a lot of these people had been drinking like luckily i was not intoxicated by any means but a lot of the other people on the draw on the rock had been drinking um so i don't think people were thinking clearly but anyway um in this area of portugal there's a lot of tourist boats like inflatable zodiacs that go out and take tourists um to look at these beautiful rock formations because they're gorgeous and we're waving and everybody on top of the rock is waving and suddenly this zodiac boat makes a turn it's like out in the bay and it makes a turn and it comes towards us and i'm like oh thank god i'm gonna be rescued (laughs) So the Zodiac pulls up to the rock and they tell me to get in because they see that I'm injured and that I'm in distress. And 
I make my way into the boat, which is extremely painful with the waves and the shoulders still being very popped out. And my friend Callie, who had been on top of the rock, and she was a really good friend in my program, um, decided to join me. Um, keep in mind, all we had was skimpy string bikinis on, no cell phone, no identification, no money, absolutely nothing but our ridiculous like I was basically not wearing anything. This bikini was ridiculous. Um, anyway, so I get into the boat and it's this really innocent British family on vacation. Like <laughs> there's like three kids and the parents and they're wearing their life jackets and there's this guide <laughs> and then there's me and Callie and I'm screaming bloody murder the entire time. I couldn't help myself. It hurts so much. I'm screaming. And these kids are looking at me like they've seen a ghost. They're like, what in the world? And my shoulder looks all messed up. <laughs> anyway, so the boat captain guy is like, okay, we're going to take you all the way across the bay to the town where there is a clinic. Uh, you're going to have to get out of the boat and walk five blocks on street named whatever I don't remember what it was called and you're gonna arrive at a clinic and they'll be able to help you and I was like okay sounds good thanks <laughs> so they drop us off at this port uh, in Lagos and they don't come out and help us it's just me and Callie they drop us off we have to walk up this staircase at the edge of the water to get up onto the street and my shoulder is still out and they said okay yeah just walk like five or six blocks that way you'll arrive at the clinic that's where it is so we start walking in the street soaking wet in our bikinis and this is not the kind of beach town where people wear their bathing suits walking in the streets like people were wearing normal outfits so we were getting all these weird looks and then these locals started yelling at us you're so stupid, you could have gotten yourselves killed. Cliff jumping is illegal. It's against the rules here. So then I'm kind of freaking out because obviously they didn't see me do the cliff jump. But if cliff jumping is illegal and I get caught in a foreign country, like, am I going to get arrested? Blah, 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 whatever. So we get to the clinic door and there is this man, this Portuguese man standing there. And he starts talking to us in Portuguese. And I'm like, no, I don't speak Portuguese. I speak Spanish and I speak English. So I try to speak to him in Spanish. And he's asking me for two things, identification and clothing. He said, you're not allowed to come into the clinic unless you have an ID and clothing that properly covers your body. Those are the two requirements. And I said, do I look like I am in the state to do so, sir? I'm like pointing at my arm please help me, please let me come in. We're speaking like half Spanish, half Portuguese, half like, it's just not a good situation. Callie's trying to explain to him what happened and that our identification and clothing is at the beach on the other side of the port and that we really need help and that I'm in a lot of pain. Finally, finally, he lets me in. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room of this clinic in my bikini and this woman comes up to me and she's like, I'm going to need to give you this gown to cover yourself. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll put the gown on. But like, can you fix my arm? Like, I'm in so much pain. And they're so concerned about the fact that I'm wearing a bathing suit. And I'm like, it's literally a beach town. Can you relax? Like, everyone has seen a woman in a bathing suit. It's not that big of a deal. And so they put me into this room. And I'm in my gown. And I'm sitting there with Callie. And there's still kind of a language barrier. Even the people working in the clinic don't speak fluent Spanish or English. So it was kind of a a challenge to try to communicate um, with Portuguese and Spanish. And eventually we learn that they're not allowed to give me pain medication. I think it had to do with the fact that I didn't have my ID. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know my age. And also... They told me they didn't have anybody in the clinic who was able to relocate such a badly dislocated shoulder because it was really, really popped out. Like there's different degrees of it and mine was the worst that it gets. Um, So in the meantime, my friends from the beach had found out which clinic we had been taken to and they came from our hostel with our luggage Um, So my suitcase, which had my ID, my clothing, all this stuff. So they were extremely nice and dropped it off. And I learned later on um, that Lewis and his friends, the hot Australian, um, had actually come to the clinic too uh, to check up on me. But the people in the waiting room didn't allow them to come into our back room. So I didn't learn that until later. But that was kind of like a cherry on top at the end of the story that Lewis came to rescue me. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to the clinic. So the woman who, by the way, was so mean, (laughs) maybe I was being a little bit annoying, like an American tourist, cliff jumping, dislocated shoulder, bikini, you know, the drill. So she says, okay, we can't do it here. We can't give you pain medication. We need to call you an ambulance and they're going to transport you an hour and a half to Portimao, which is another city in southern Portugal, which has a bigger hospital, and they can do it for you. And I'm like, holy shit, (laughs) this sucks. Keep in mind, our bus back to Spain that evening was in like two hours or something. So there was no way I was going to make the bus. And I didn't have a place to stay that evening either. But anyway, so me and Callie get into this ambulance, and this is on cobblestone, old, historic streets, bumpy AF, and I'm like bouncing around in the back of this ambulance, my shoulder really, really hurts, no pain meds, whatever, like an hour ride, and we get to Portimao, and then I have to sit in this waiting room for another several hours. And then finally, finally, I get to go into this room, and there's a doctor and he's like okay we're gonna relocate your shoulder um you're 17 though we would like to speak to your guardian on the phone uh just before we do so for medical purposes or something like that so i had to call my dad so that was yeah that was not good and so callie actually (laughs) called my parents um my house in Vermont I remember that was where she called because that's where they were at the time and they didn't pick up so she left a message and she said your daughter has been in an accident in Portugal Uh, she's okay but we're in the hospital please give us a call back so of course on the other line my dad is like holy shit what 
in the world. <laughs> like, this was our only rule. Don't leave the country. What the heck? So they get this awful message. And then finally they give us a call back. And I'm able to get on the phone and uh, tell them that, you know, what had happened. That I was really sorry. Um, that I would need to get a hotel in the city for that evening. Um, and I would need to put them on the phone with the doctor. So my dad gets on the phone with the doctor and, you know, gives him the okay. La da 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 da. Shoulder gets popped back in. Extremely traumatic and painful. Um, just awful experience. And my family back home had found uh, and made a hotel a reservation for me in the city of Portimao for me and Callie. Very kind of them. Um, so we took an Uber to the hotel and we arrived at the hotel. And the hotel said that we needed to have a cash deposit. We needed cash for something. And of course, I did not have cash. I mean, like, I had not, like, I had nothing planned. My life was just not put together. I was not carrying cash. And so we asked, okay, where is the nearest ATM? Callie didn't have cash either. Um, they said, oh, the nearest ATM is in the casino, which is a few blocks that way. So it's like two in the morning in... Portimao, Portugal, and we have to walk to this casino. It's kind of a sketchy place, like definitely not the safest place to be at two in the morning um, to American young tourists. Uh, so we get to the door of the casino, and for the first time in my entire Euro trip, they asked to see our IDs, and I'm not 18. Callie was over 18. I wasn't. And so... They told us that we, that I couldn't go into the casino even just to go to the ATM because I was 17. So I had to wait outside, like on the curb of this ratchet casino in this city of Portugal. Like, it was just so weird. And then Callie goes in and she gets the cash. It was this whole strange transaction. Um, yeah, and then we made it back to the hotel and yeah slept there for the night took the bus back to Spain the next day it was just a whole weird experience um yeah and then my parents told me you know I thought we told you not to do anything stupid um yeah there's there's more to the story I could go into more detail but I'm just gonna leave it at that I had to have surgery uh about a year after that dislocation because it kept popping out. I think it popped out like 10 or 15 times. Um, the surgery was traumatic. It was a whole experience. My shoulder still isn't stable to this day. Um, but I guess lesson learned, when you're told not to do something, when you're young and immature, you should probably listen. But I don't know. I think I got a pretty good story out of it. And Lewis also DM'd me, like, a few days later, asking how I was and invited me to come visit him in Sydney, Australia, whenever I want. So, still haven't hit him up, but, you know, there's always the option to go to Sydney now. But, yeah, I hope you enjoyed my first uh, podcast. Uh, I'm going to be posting once a week, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Goodbye.